welcome to Church Online. We have another great message from Steve this week that I know is going to encourage you in your faith. If I still ask you what some of the highlights of your faith journey have been, I would wager that most of those highlights have something to do with the fact of seeing God's presence and power in your life. When you had those prayers answered, when you were praying for someone and you saw God come through in their lives, or when you shared the gospel with somebody and you saw God at work and they responded in faith, or where you were going through a time of, of struggle and challenge and then God opened up doors for you, right? But if I had to ask the opposite question, when have been the more difficult and challenging seasons of your life? I think the opposite is true. It's when not so much you were able to see God's presence and God's power at work in your life, but when you weren't able to see. When you were in the difficulty of life and you weren't able to see and know that God was with you. When you were praying and trying to persevere in prayer, but you weren't seeing answers and you weren't entirely sure if God was even there for you. Maybe by now you've realized that the Christian life is a mysterious blend of both. Where we have moments of victory and moments of seeing God's kingdom breaking through into our lives. And moments of challenge and moments that require our perseverance and our patience. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these moments of victory. And we're going to talk about how we can engage them and pray for them and look for them and seek God to break through in our lives in powerful ways. And we're going to talk about how our faith can be an enduring faith in the seasons in between. So we're going through the book of Nehemiah. And by the time we get to the events of Nehemiah, the walls and the city of Jerusalem had been broken down 140 years before that. For the first 70 of those 140 years, God's people were in exile in Babylon. And for the last 70, God's people had been returning to Jerusalem in drips and drabs. But for whatever reason, they just never had the resources and they never had the momentum to rebuild the wall. And then God at this time raises up Nehemiah and Nehemiah comes into the position of leadership that God had appointed for him. Nehemiah rallies the troops and they get excited about this new vision that God had given Nehemiah. They start building, they start encountering opposition. On the outside, they start encountering opposition on the inside, which is something that we always know and experience opposition on the outside and challenges on the inside. But today we get to the moment where the wall is raised, where the wall is completed, a moment of celebration, a moment of breakthrough, a moment of victory. So let's read together Nehemiah chapter 6 and verses 15 and 16. This is what it says. And so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. And so after 140 years, the wall was built in 52 days. To the point that both God's people and the surrounding nations and God's enemies could clearly see that this was evidence of God's work in their lives. 
And so guys, we need to allow for, we need to look for, we need to celebrate and pray for these high points of victory, these high points of fruitfulness and the evidence that God's hand is upon us. Now I want to talk about this for a while because on one hand, I believe we should pray for those things. On the other hand, I'm concerned for those moments in between where we aren't seeing these victories and we're wondering what God is doing and we're wondering if God has let us down and we're wondering if God has abandoned us. How can we have a faith that engages God actively in those seasons as well as seeking those high points of when we can clearly see God at work amongst us? So as we look at those powerful moments in the story of Nehemiah, we see a number of mysterious ways in which God's victory works. So firstly, let's talk about the mystery of God's win. The mystery of God's win, put differently, the mystery of God's timing. Now remember, Jerusalem was destroyed 140 years earlier. Granted, for 70 of those years, the Jews were in exile. But for the last 70 years, nothing had happened. That's multiple generations. And so the question is, why? Why did nothing happen before then? Why did God not show up before then? And the honest answer is, I don't know. What we do know is, is that at this time, God had raised up Nehemiah in a very special way, who was prepared and ready at this time. And so while there's a mystery to this time, we can also see that God's timing is perfect. We see a very similar thing happening in many other stories in the Bible. We see this in Moses, where God uses Moses to powerfully confront Pharaoh and lead God's people out of Egypt. We see God working in miraculous, powerful ways that in very similar ways put the fear of God into his enemies. And yet a question could be asked, but why then? Why only after 400 years of slavery? Well, what is God doing until then? And, and as we dive into these stories, which you don't have time for, there are some things that we can try and wrap our minds around, but we're still largely left with the mystery of God's timing. But what we can say is, at that time, Moses was prepared and was positioned by God at that time to work God's kingdom ways at that time. So there's a mystery and yet we can confidently say that God's timing is perfect. I know often people talk about a tapestry, where if you look at the underside of the tapestry, it makes no sense to us. It just seems like chaos. And that is often what you and I see as we're trying to make sense of God's plans, whereas what God sees is the beautiful interworking of all of His plans for us. And we don't always have the privilege of seeing things from that perspective. In fact, God says to us in the book of Isaiah, He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I think sometimes we think that God is kind of like us, but maybe slightly cleverer. So there's kind of me and the clever people I know, and then Einstein, and then God. And God says, listen, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways above your thoughts and your ways. We need to remember that if we look at just the closest star to us in our heavens, 
The earth can fit into the sun 1.3 million times. Our sun is 148 million kilometers away from us. And that's just a pretty puny star and just the closest star to us. That's not taking into account the trillions and trillions of far greater, far more powerful stars at the kinds of distances that have so many zeros, we cannot fully comprehend that, right? And God says, that is how far my ways are above your ways and my thoughts are above your thoughts. So don't lose faith when you cannot comprehend God's ways. When you cannot comprehend God's timing, when all you see is the chaos of the underside of the tapestry, because His ways are perfect, His timing is perfect. There's a great mystery, but it is perfect. I need to remind myself of this, because I pray for something on Monday, and if it hasn't happened by Thursday, I'm all upset with God, and I've concluded that He's not hearing me. And I, and I bring this up, because over the last few weeks, if you've been journeying with us, we've been trying to get you to tune in to God's passion for your life, God's purpose for your life, God's kingdom burden for your life. Or maybe you've got another burden that's on your heart that you're bringing before God. Maybe you're praying for a victory or a breakthrough in your marriage or in your personal life, in your finances or your businesses. And you're not entirely sure what God is doing and when he's going to come through for you. Guys, what we need to continue to do is to pray for those moments. Pray for those moments when the wall goes up. Pray for those moments when we see the victory, when we see the clear evidence of God's work in our life. So let's do that. And at the same time, let us acknowledge the mystery of God's timing. Let us acknowledge the fact that we don't always know why God is not answering us in the ways we expect Him to. Let us realize that there are all sorts of reasons why God is not working according to our timeline. Maybe you're not ready for the thing you're praying for. Maybe there's some work God is needing to do in your heart or your life. Maybe God wants to get there, but it's going to take some time to get there. Maybe the people in your life are not ready. Maybe your desires need to mature and evolve as you grow in the Lord. I mean, aren't you glad that the Lord didn't let you marry that person that you so desperately prayed to Him that He would let you marry when you were 17 years old? I mean, I know God is a miracle worker, but that many people cannot marry Britney Spears or Richard Gere or whoever your teenage crush was. I mean, I mean God prepared Moses for 80 years before Moses saw these incredible things in his life. Joseph waited for 20 years between the time of God putting a dream on his heart and the fulfillment of that dream. So let us respond in faith to the things that God is calling us to and let us trust the mystery of his timing and the millions of ways that he is at work in our lives. So let's talk secondly about the mystery of God's how. The mystery of God's how. I think some of us believe that the evidence of God at work is only when we see the supernatural things. When we see the victorious things. When we see the healings and the breakthroughs and the radical transformations. And if that is true, if we only believe that those are only the evidence of God's working in our lives, then we will start to subtly believe that therefore 
God is not at work in the rest of the moments, the ordinary moments of my life. And can you see how dangerous that is for your faith? Because yes, when we have the moments of celebrating the wall going up, where everyone can see that God alone has done this, yes, our faith is strengthened and encouraged, and it should be. And then we hit Tuesday. Just an ordinary Tuesday. And another Tuesday. And then a month of Tuesdays. And maybe a few years of Tuesday. And if our baseline assumption is God is only at work when we see the crazy, awesome, supernatural stuff. Then our faith can start to be shaken as we begin to at some level believe. Well, I don't see God at work. So maybe... He isn't. This verse says that when everyone saw how quickly the wall went up, everyone could so clearly see it was God's hand. Even God's enemies could see it was because of him. And while that is true, here's what didn't happen. What didn't happen was, let's have a prayer meeting and see if the wall's going to go up. And then, well, it didn't happen, so let's have another prayer meeting. Well, let's fast and pray until the wall goes up. What didn't happen, unless I'm missing something in the story, is that they laid hands on the bricks and multiplied the bricks or prayed that God would vanquish the enemies and they disappeared. No, what did happen is that God was at work in the millions of ways leading up to this victorious moment. God was at work in all the years of Nehemiah's life, leading him up, and preparing him for this season of leadership. God was at work when there was this pagan king who was resourced to the point that he could fund this whole project. God was at work when people were listening to Nehemiah share this vision and something was moving in their hearts to say, we will do this. God was at work when Ordinary people who weren't builders were prepared to do whatever it took to take part of their part of the wall. And God was at work when there were enemies taunting them and threatening them. God was at work when they were placing one brick on top of the other. Sometimes with building tools in one hand and weapons in the other. I can promise you in those moments that didn't feel supernatural. That felt tiring. And challenging and difficult. And yet we know that God was at work in all of those very ordinary moments leading up to this very supernatural moment. So just because you don't always see the victory or the breakthrough or whatever you trust in God for, it does not mean He is not at work. I can promise you that He is at work in millions of ways that maybe you cannot see or perceive. But that is the mystery of God's how. Thirdly, let's talk about the mystery of faith. And the reason why I raise this is because for some people, when they wrap their minds around the mystery of God's timing and the mystery of how God works, some people conclude, well, I can't control that. So I'm just going to get on with my life and I'm here if God wants to show up, right? And yet the mystery is this, is that God faithfully uses faithful people. God faithfully uses faithful people. There are stories in the Bible where God interrupts people's lives who are not necessarily looking for him. But that by no means is the norm. The norm is God calling us to be a people that follow hard after Jesus. 
The norm is that God is calling us to trust Him and to align our lives with His lives, our kingdoms with His kingdoms. The norm is that the more we are praying your kingdom come, the more we're going to see His kingdom come. The more we're obeying Jesus in the ordinary things, the more we're going to see the extraordinary things. So our job is to give God our yes and trust Him with the results. So we need to give God our yes in all things, all the ordinary things. We need to give God our yes with our finances and our marriage and our thought life, how we raise our children, how we make decisions. And then when He does call us into these extraordinary moments, God already has our yes because we are already on His agenda. This is what Romans 5 calls the obedience that comes from faith, the obedience that comes from faith. And so give your faithfulness to the faithful one and leave the results up to him. I mean, it's going to look different in everybody's life. Abraham was over a hundred years old when he saw the miracle of God's provision. And yet there was a child of seven, eight, nine years old who gave his lunchbox to Jesus one day and saw an incredible miracle as Jesus fed 5,000 people. But the goal isn't the miracle. The goal is faith and faithfulness and the obedience that comes from faith and just being ready and available for when God's kingdom is breaking through in our lives in all sorts of obvious and sometimes less obvious ways. Now, my final thought doesn't necessarily come out of the text, but is a reflection on the mystery of God's ever present victory. The mystery of God's ever-present victory. You see, if my faith and my worship of God is dependent on my perception of when I see God at work, when I see certain victories in my life, what's going to happen in the rest of my life? You see, if my worship of God is shaped on only the highlights, I think that's a false expectation of what it means to follow God. I think I'm setting my faith up for failure. I think I'm setting myself up for some very dark seasons in my life. Let me illustrate this with a story that comes out of Acts chapter 12. If you've been in church, you've probably heard the story that comes out of Acts chapter 12. It's the story of Peter who was in prison. This angel goes up to Peter in the middle of the night and touches him and tells him to stand up and walk out. As he stands up, the chains fall away from him and he walks straight past all the prison guards into freedom. And so we often preach that, uh, preach that story about God's power and God's supernatural power, how He wants to free us and how He wants us to walk in that victory. And again, that story should encourage us to do exactly that. And yet, when we go to the beginning of Acts chapter 12, we read about James, the brother of John, who was put to death by the sword for his faith in Christ. And so we've got one chapter, two men, both men of faith, both living powerful lives of following Jesus. One sees this incredible breakthrough and one dies by the sword. So what's up with that? Did James miss out on his breakthrough? Did James not have enough faith? Let, let me tell you what is going on. The reason James was prepared to die for his faith the reason Peter was willing to be imprisoned in the first place, and we know that later on Peter went on to face a horrible death for his faith in Christ. 
The reason why certain people today are willing to do the same thing. The reason why those Coptic Christians were willing to kneel in their orange overalls on a beach with black bags over their heads and have their throats slits by ISIS soldiers for their faith in Christ. The reason why all those people were prepared to do all of that was not for their victory or for their breakthrough. The reason was because their Lord climbed onto a cross. And because of his death and subsequent resurrection, our greatest enemies, sin, death and hell and Satan were defeated. So these men and these women of our faith who never experienced that miraculous breakthrough in that moment of need are right now walking in victory because they are walking in victory over death in victory over hell and victory over the power of sin because of the victory of Jesus. And so as we pray for God to do amazing things in our lives, we need to do that. We need to pray for that. I've got this sense that God is still wanting to do things in our lives. We need to pray for those moments. We need to celebrate those moments where God does something like raising the wall and everyone around can clearly see, wow, that is God. But my ultimate faith is not built on those small V victories, those lowercase victories. My ultimate faith is based on capital V victory, the victory of Christ on the cross, that He demonstrated His love and power for me. And it is not based on my experiences from day to day. It is based on what happened in that moment. And that is something that allows me to seek His power in my life today. But it also allows me to endure all the challenging moments when I cannot necessarily see Him at work. There's a powerful story in the book of Daniel about three Jewish people who were in exile. They were in a position of leadership. At this moment, King Nebuchadnezzar built a large statue made out of gold. And he basically said, everyone needs to worship this. And if they do not worship this statue, they're going to get thrown into a furnace. These Jewish men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they had everything to lose. They were in positions of power and influence. And yet because of their faith in God, they refused to bow down. And this is what they said after King Nebuchadnezzar came up to them and said, But don't you know if you don't bow down to the statue, what's going to happen to them? They responded in this way. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They're saying, our God is able to do this miracle. Our God is able to rescue us. But even if he does not, we are still going to worship him faithfully. We are still going to live lives of obedience and allegiance to him. And so these three men were thrown into the furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar is looking into the fire and he's all confused. He gets up and he looks in and he says to the people around him, did we only throw three men in? And they said, yes, we only threw three men in. And he says, well, I can see four men walking around unbound and free in the furnace. And one of them looks like the son of God. Church, I, I don't know what you're going through right now. 
what you're trusting God for. What kind of ways you're trusting God to break through into your life. Let me tell you that I am continuing to pray for us as a church and a nation that God would lead us to these powerful moments where there are moments of victory and fruitfulness and such evidence of God's hand upon us. But I'm also praying for us to have a faith that we can say, God, you are able to dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. But on the other hand, we can say, but even if you don't, even if you don't, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to recognize the mystery of your timing and how you work. I'm still going to recognize that you are doing things in my life that I cannot see or perceive. I'm still going to recognize that there is a victory that guarantees my victory because of your victory over all my greatest enemies. So I want to pray for us as we trust God for these high point moments of our faith but we also trust him to give us patience and perseverance through some of the more challenging seasons of our faith and so father God I pray for everyone who's got a burden right now whether it be a burden of purpose a burden of ministry a burden that you are calling them to walk in and live out in faith or maybe they've got a burden of trusting you to do something supernatural in their lives maybe they're trusting you to turn around something in their lives or or bring a healing into their lives father i do ask for your supernatural hand of grace upon us i do ask for those moments where we can see wow this is only because of what you have been doing in our lives so god i do pray for your grace and favor I pray for the individuals of our church. I also pray for our church as we as a church are trusting you for those moments, those moments of fruitfulness and victory and breakthrough. God, we are trusting you that we can see and celebrate those moments. And Father, give us faith to say, but even if you don't, that we can know you, that we know that there's one in the fire with us. Father, that we can trust the mystery of your timing. We can trust the the mystery of how you do things and how you're preparing us for the things you're calling us for. Father, give us such an unshakable faith for both moments of victory and moments of striving. We pray this in your name. Amen.